0: We are human, we're not going to do everything perfectly the first time, the second, or even the 500th time. Ask any human being. (laughs) So to think that we have to do it perfectly on the first shot is just, it's a falsehood. It's what is going to sink you further.
1: Hey gang and welcome to another episode of the Veterinary Career Success Show. These are fast becoming my favorite episodes. Back with my co-host, Dr. Mariah, how are you?
0: I am doing all right, Dave. It's good to be back. It's good to be chatting with you. And I'm looking forward to what we have on our plate.
1: All right. Let's dig into a meaty one that everybody talks about. Everybody seems to experience. And I have issues with.
0: Hmm. What do you have issues with, Dave?
1: The subject of imposter syndrome.
0: Dun, dun, dun.
1: I was going to make that noise as well. (laughs) Great minds think alike. All right. So it's one of the terms. Like if you put a post out about imposter syndrome, you're guaranteed clicks, likes, interest, because it's something everyone talks about. I have a premise that might be deeply, deeply unpopular. And here it is. It doesn't exist. (gasps)
0: Gasp. Disgust. from the audience.
1: (laughs) Disgust. All right. I actually want to know what your visceral reaction to that is. Are you like, you're such a dick?
0: (laughs) There is a part of me that's like, you know, I actually get where you're coming from. I see what you're coming from. And granted, we've had conversations about this in the past. So I think a lot of my visceral reaction is coming from the past discussions. But there is also a part of me that says, Even if it's something that everybody experiences, doesn't mean that it's not like a real thing. Like, obviously, people go through this weird phase, not even phase, but they go through this experience Mm -hmm. where they are battling their inner thoughts, they're battling their psyche. And it's a very human thing, but it's also something that wasn't really talked about in years previous. So I think that's also part of the reason it's had this big wave and everyone's jumping on the ship with it. But I also think that we get pulled in one polar opposite far too often with these type of situations that come up. So I think I have a relatively balanced idea on the whole shebang, but there's a part of me that says, yes, I agree with you. But then there's a part of me that's like, "Mm, yeah, I just don't I don't (laughs) don't fully agree with you. So I'm in battle with myself.
1: Right, I was expecting abuse. Listen, actually, what you just said there, I'm going to riff on that because I think I need to give it a little bit of context. There's a couple of things you said. One was, you know, it's it's a relatively new term. Nobody talked about imposter syndrome or imposter anything when I was a you know, younger vet. Yeah, It just wasn't a thing. Now, did we feel like we didn't belong at times? Did we feel like absolute jackasses who just were... <laughs> We we did have a phrase. It was "fake it till you can make it," and honestly, I, th- I think we've got two halves of the same coin here. You've got one generation was "fake it till you can make it," and I see that as a glass half full mindset. And you've got another generation that says we have imposter syndrome, which is this glass is half empty. Like as in, and the, the difference between those two mindsets, I think, is important. Because if you're willing to fake it till you make it, like just the phrase itself says, you know, just baked into that phrase is, you're not very good right now. So fake it, blag it, whatever, do as necessary. And if you keep doing it, you'll get there. The other says, I have a disease. I am broken. And is that not just a big fat excuse not to try? It's not just I can now blame a label. I'm going to go to you a little bit with this. Oh, right? I can see you reacting. Yeah, on, I'm like, you're on. poking
0: me with a stick.
1: I am, <laughs> I am. But like, okay, hit me
0: back. So yes, the, as you're saying that, the things that I'm hearing to a degree, like the fake it till you make it, that in itself kind of says, just suppress it. Just don't talk about it. Just pretend it's not there because you're going to get there eventually. Whereas the imposter syndrome side says, you know what? I am human. I am technically broken, but I also have a large area where I can continue to grow and develop, and I am going to get somewhere someday. But at the same time, just because I'm feeling this doesn't mean that A, it's not real, um, B, that I'm not a very capable veterinarian, or C, that you know what, I may feel like this right now, but everybody else is too. So it's a real thing, but it doesn't mean that you're a terrible human. So I think that's also a glass half full side of things. It's like accepting and realizing your shortcomings and being like, you know what? I see that. I feel that. But I can do better. And I know I can grow from that.
1: Do you think that that's what's happening though? I mean... Not enough. I take your point. I'm not sure I take your point that, that I would say that you're broken just because you feel like that But wait, Because there's a sense that you have to have done something to be broken. And for a lot of people, they're feeling this straight away, straight out the traps. My sort of theory is, and I'm going to make a little sidebar caveat before I really get some hate on this. There is clearly a spectrum of mental illness and there there are, and I'm not going to deny anybody their way they're feeling, not for a second, but I am going to challenge people on the language they use and the stories they tell themselves, because feelings, you know, feelings, they are chemical things we experience. We can experience them as incredibly real. If you've ever woken up in the middle of the night having a bad dream, like you know how terrifying feelings can actually be, but they're not actually real. And they can be conjured and they can be controlled as well. And you can amp them up, you can make them much worse with the language you use, and you can also dial them back with the language or with, you know, with sort of uh, biofeedback routines, which is a fancy Mm -hmm. schmancy way of saying breathing exercises, Mm -hmm. but it is possible to manage those. Now, so caveat aside, you know, there is clearly an end of this where some people are experiencing things that are quite performance hampering. And there's a mental kind of component to that. There's an anxiety that will go with that. You know, I think you can work yourself into quite a lather.
0: Oh, absolutely.
1: But the majority of people aren't experiencing that. They're experiencing this thing that they're not good enough, which is simply because they're not good enough. And then they're putting a label on it, which is then I think inhibitory. Like I'm, I'm not good enough. I'm, I'm, I'm an imposter. And then I think one of the things we're missing is that ability then to then have that conversation yourself and go, no, wait, wait a wee minute here, hold on. I'm not really, and I'm, I'm just not good at this thing yet. So what I do to get good at it, rather than, and you know, and if we look at the, the growth trend, if we look at the, the way people are growing and developing, well, your experience is, is actually a bit unusual. You're <laughs> quite happy. Right, so. I want to riff on that a little bit and your sort of experience. Or you know, How did you experience this? Because my thing is, I think this is just a phase of learning and growth. That if you let it get mm. in the way, then you're going to inhibit yourself. But just to pick up one last thing you said, when we said fake it till you make it, we weren't doing that in isolation. One of the most important things I had was, was this, I think we spoke about this last episode, was this network of people. So we'd phone each other up and go, you will not believe how epically I screwed up today. Or you not believe what this client did, or you know, or you have a pint of beer and go like, "Oh my god, what just happened to me there?" Because it was very shared, it was very out there, and we, you know, we were speaking with our bosses, and but we we weren't saying, "I'm broken, I, I can't, I can't do this." We're thinking, "Well, this is hard, and I'm a bit crap at it, but if I keep going, actually, I'll, I'll get better." And that, we just knew that; we just understood that.
0: Mm-hmm. I think there was a bit of a, a disconnect. Probably that mm. happened between your generation and my generation because obviously, from my generation, we look at you guys and we're like, they just internalized everything. They didn't talk about like anything in the way that we are talking about it. And in, in we, I mean, my oh, generation.
1: I love this. I love so, this. This is <laughs> this is the myth about us. We, yeah, we think that you guys are all just a, like.
0: There's been a, a disconnect between these two <laughs> generations that's going on here because you hit on some big points in that this is something like, yes, it is real. Everybody has experienced it. Your generation experienced it too. The difference is that my generation has a, put a label, a word on it, but are the words that we're using, are they appropriate? Are they inhibitory of having truthful, honest conversations? that then allow us to be edifying. I think that's one of the bigger parts of it is we have these right. conversations Yeah, are they, enabling
1: behavior yeah. Are they just
0: or woe is me, this is terrible, blah blah blah, like you said, put blame on that. Like because it's just a thing, I'm going to blame that on why I'm bad at things. It's like, no, that's not the reason and I guess I should backtrack myself and saying when I said broken, the better word to use would be imperfect. Because we are human. I like that word. Yeah, we are human. We're not going to do everything perfectly the first time, the second, or even the 500th time. Ask any human being. (laughs) So to think that we have to do it perfectly on the first shot is just, it's a falsehood. It's what is going to sink you further. So I guess it comes back to that whole idea where we do have to bridge that gap. We have to bridge these two generations and say, you know what? The experience that we've had has been the same. Nothing is different in that respect, which I know by just saying nothing is different, people are going to attack that little phrase, but <laughs> whatever, come at me. So yeah, so it's like looking at the two of us then, how do we help people bridge that gap and not just say, okay, like, so if some a student came to me and he's like, I'm experiencing imposter syndrome, I'm going to be like, okay, do you think that's different than your your peers? And the truth of the matter is they're probably going to say, no, I know everyone else is experiencing this too. And then I'm going to say, great, awesome, you're human, congratulations. Now what are you going to do about it? And that part of the conversation I feel doesn't happen enough. Mm. And so we need to be more edifying in how we talk about these type of things to be like, yeah, I recognize that what you're going through is real. Like everybody feels like they're not as good as everybody else around them, that they're all just trying to fake it till they make it. But it means that you're growing. It means that you're learning. And that part of the conversation doesn't happen as often as it should.
1: So a couple of things popped in my head right there. So first thing was, I love this concept of being imperfect. And I just wish that we could change the language slightly so that I'm completely okay with people feeling like an imposter. I'm not going to deny anybody that. And for people who are completely paralyzed by this, I'd be be willing to, you know, have a word syndrome about that as well. But heck, a whole profession with a syndrome. I mean, no, sorry, that's not happening. I'm just not buying it. And I don't Mm -hmm. think there's any evidence for it, but we, are perfectly capable of feeling like an imposter. And honestly, Mo, like I feel like an imposter every single day doing new work, every single day. I don't feel like an imposter being a vet anymore because I got through that phase, but all all the new stuff, all the other projects are taking me damn straight, I feel like an imposter. But you said something really interesting, and that was when something went wrong for me and my generation, it was very much between me My boss, and that was it, and the the pet owner. And when we talked, we talked about it and we shared our issues with our pals. The fake it to your make it, we were still faking it, but we were faking it. It was almost like in front of the clients, we were faking it. And we're faking it ourselves to sort of trick ourselves a little bit to be able to do the things we were doing. Don't you think that people will now fake it till they make it on social media? Don't you think that's what's happening on TikTok and Instagram? The whole thing is a fake fest. It really is.
0: Oh, gosh.
1: So we're faking each other now. Is that not putting up more barriers to having honest conversations about it?
0: I think so. I think so. And that, like you, that is a huge topic right there. And that is a whole other episode, I feel like. <laughs> uh, we don't got time for that. <laughs> not today. So yes, on the topic of the impact of social media on our psyche and this whole idea of feeling like an imposter... I feel like it it has heightened the sensitivity to it more than anything because everywhere we look, instead of it just being our peers that we're on rotation with or our colleagues that we work with or our close friends that we have a phone call with, We're watching people all over the world be like, say things like, I got new scrubs. Look how great I look. I just did. I'm a uh, figs
1: ambassador.
0: Yeah. I just scrubbed into uh, a TPLO for the first time. I just got to do this. I just got to do that. And to a degree, like, I get it. You're super excited about your opportunity to do that. But are we using the appropriate language? that says, I'm just excited and I wanna share this with my people versus I'm so excited and now this validates my position. Mm. Those are two very different things. And we swing more towards trying to validate ourselves with falsehoods more than being honest and just genuinely enthralled with what we do.
1: Is that bomb for the feeling? You think the feeling of being an imposter? Well, hey, if I post it here and I get a lot of likes, then that makes me a little bit less.
0: Yeah, it's an attempt. Feel a little at, bit less like that. Yeah, it's an attempt. And of course, whenever we do it, you get maybe a brief second where you're like, ah, oh, yes, those 20 people just validated my opinion. Mm-hmm. And then as if you go, it's gone and right. you have and to do it again. Even more. Yeah. And so more. you're looking for validation in places that cannot fill your cup. So.
1: Oh, you've got the Instagram TikTok imposter filter. Mm-hmm. There you go. We just we just developed a new filter.
0: Yep. Fantastic. There you go.
1: You so, pay off my um, student to do that. Pay off <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Quick, build an app. No, wait. <laughs> we don't know how to do that. There's some interesting takeaways. Let's let's sort of round this up a little bit. My premise is somewhat mischievous and designed to provoke a response and to get people talking because I I think that's what needs to happen. But if I'm hearing you right, and that says it's interesting, there's a lot of things to take away, but just sort of filtering through to the, the basics. You know, for our generation, my generation is more perceived as just locking it down and never talking about anything. And we perceive your generation as just, you know, whining about everything and not being able to, you know, take any risks whatsoever, except when you're on Instagram, when it looks like, you know, you're, like all TPLO surgeons two weeks out of college. (laughs) And we need some sort of empathy bridge in the middle because in actual fact, as we're talking, like we're all just trying to fake it a little bit till we can make it. Mm -hmm. And we've got this different terminology, which is kind of okay because probably the generation before mine rolled their eyes at fake it till you can make it. (laughs) I don't know what, what the heck their talk was, but... I think the thing that's the nicest thing for me to take away from this conversation, and that's why I jumped off screen for a second. You might have oh, thought where yeah, I was going. Oh, yeah, the bowl. Mm-hmm. Did I show you this before?
0: I feel like you may have shown me this bowl before.
1: Maybe. <laughs> it sounds like a, a creepy old man thing. I don't get my bowl out for just anybody. <laughs> Since this is a, a, a podcast, what I have here is a little, a little brown ceramic bowl. It's nicely made. It's it's, yeah, it's maybe two or three inches deep. It's half of a sphere. It's somewhere between a soup bowl and a tea bowl, a Japanese tea bowl. And it's been smashed and put back together, but it's been repaired with this gold-laced glue. And it's called kintsugi.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It's a kintsugi bowl. And that's a, it's an, a way of creating something quite unique and more beautiful than the original. And it's more beautiful because of its scars, because of its imperfections. And I just, I got that. I've always been attracted to that as a as a philosophy, perhaps because of being so imperfect myself. But I got it because I just wanted that visual reminder in my life each day just to go, well, you know, you're not perfect and that's okay. Mm-hmm. Because you're unique. And that's also what's rather wonderful about human beings. And I don't know why, you do your podcast, but it's that exploration and curiosity that I just think that's a wonderful thing to sort of go get after. And and isn't curiosity something that would pull us through the sense of being an imposter? Isn't it something that would help us rather than shy away and think I'm not good enough, but to be curious and go, well, okay, I'm not good enough now, so what's next? And that ties in lovely to that coaching-style conversation you were talking about that, that doesn't feel like it's happening just now.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, gosh. It honestly, like, breaks my heart to think about, like, all the students and all the new grads right now that they are going through this. They do feel like they aren't good enough, that they aren't validated enough. And part of this ties into mentorship um, and not having the people around them to say, hey, get out of your own head. Like, seriously, <laughs> you're not special by feeling like this. But there's so much more that you can do if you just Like be curious, honestly, like you said it perfectly. It was just be curious about what's out there and keep trying, get after it. Like I could keep saying all these phrases and that are are generally meaning the same thing, but yeah, gosh, it
1: just, we need to be having these
0: conversations. We need to have deeper, more meaningful, edifying conversations.
1: You've just gone over your first year in practice. Just about. Yeah. So coming up on a big anniversary. Congratulations on that. Thank you. Let's maybe wind up, and to keep it relevant to the audience, could you relay how you experienced feeling, if indeed you did feel like an imposter, and what you did to overcome it, if indeed you Mm -hmm. have overcome it?
0: So did I feel like an imposter? Oh, heck yeah. (laughs) I was the youngest, almost pretty much the youngest person in the practice, and this is looking across receptionists, tech assistants, doctors, And here I am, I am a doctor, I've just graduated, I'm probably 10, 20, 30 years younger than a lot of the people in my practice. And so even talking to like a receptionist or the person who was kind of assigned as my mentor, and thinking, I technically have the degree that I'm above you, but I'm way younger than you and less experienced in this particular practice. So every day I definitely felt like an imposter. I definitely felt like I didn't know enough, which granted I didn't. I didn't necessarily know the schedule all that well. I didn't know all the protocols all that well. I was not as skilled in my um, surgical. I was really slow at going through my consults, like all of these things. I'm like, okay, this is just kind of cringe worthy. I know when some surgery days came up, I was like just popping all the Pepto-Bismol because I'm like indigestion and wanting to vomit <laughs> kind of feeling. But it's something that I knew I was expecting to go through because having that sense of insecurity about it meant that I had a direction to go. It meant that I had an area to grow and learn and develop in. And while it's uncomfortable, like painfully uncomfortable at times to get through that growth phase, I knew I just had to do it. There wasn't a way to make it comfortable Because granted, our bubble, our bubble of comfort, the only way you extend that is if you get to your boundaries and you push them. And thus the things that in my first couple months of practice, I was slow or I was unsure about, those things nowadays, I'm like, eh, I shrug it off my shoulders because they're comfortable to me now because I push through those boundaries. So to answer the second part of your question, I think I have overcome quite a bit of my imposter syndrome or my imposter phase of my first year. Granted, you step over the first year and you're like, yay, I survived my first year. And then the second year hits you across the face and you're like, well, great. (laughs) There's that. So there's definitely a ways to go. But part of the ways that I got through that was A, recognizing how I was feeling and identifying that that wasn't gonna stop me. It wasn't a reason to stop. It was just a reason to keep growing and developing. And I surrounded myself with the right people, which we've talked about it before with the type of mentorship that I sought after in this first practice. And having people like you to bounce ideas off of and just kind of chat through these things was a huge, huge help with getting through that phase or that that portion of my first year. And so now here I am just about to cross that one year mark. Thank goodness, by the way, because the first year in practice is rough. No matter how well you have it set up, it's going to be rough. But I'm looking forward to what's coming in the in the coming years.
1: I'm very proud of you. We all are too. That's great. I love, I love the way you put that. So I hope there's something, you know, we've riffed on a, a subject a little bit there.
0: We poked a bear a little bit, I think. We
1: poked a bear a little bit. So what's your opinion? Do you experience this? Is it a full-blown syndrome? Do you agree? Do you disagree? Tell your story a little bit. We'd love to hear it send us your thoughts on whatever channel you like best and always thank you very much for your time again Dr. McCauley always a pleasure never a chore
0: always always it's great to be here we'll have to do more of these often
1: yes I think we got our next subject on social media's killing me let's discuss that next time
0: ooh that'll poke a bigger bear
1: oh <laughs> good we like poking bears there we go no <laughs> bears are harmed in the making of this podcast <laughs> till next time guys from Moon Eye bye